No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host, Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Hey friends, welcome back to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Happy Wednesday. I am so excited to be chatting with you guys today. And I'm just really excited that it's September. I'm really looking forward to the fall. I'm looking forward to all the fall treats. I'm looking forward to the colored leaves. Not looking forward to shorter days, but it's a trade-off, I guess. And I'm really looking forward to temperatures dropping. So should be a good season. I hope your Labor Day weekend was more relaxing than mine. I spent it moving into my new place. But the trade-off for that is I'm officially settled in. I mean, almost settled in. I still have to like organize the bathroom and build dining room chairs, but I'm no longer weaving around boxes and I actually know where most of my stuff is. So that feels like a huge win. This Ask Me Anything episode should be really fun. You guys shared some really great questions, and I'm excited to take you a little bit behind the scenes, tell you a little bit more about me, and a little bit more about why I started this podcast. So without any further ado, I'm going to answer question number one, which is someone said that they're new here and that they want to hear more about what inspired the podcast and about my story. So as you may have gathered, I live in Utah. I've spent almost all of my life here, and I grew up a member of the state's predominant religion, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And there are a lot of things I love about the congregation and about the community I grew up in. These were people that helped my family through a really, really hard time and people that I formed really important connections with. Something, though, that is very difficult for me about the tradition that I grew up in is the focus on traditional gender roles for women. This is not unique to the church I grew up in. There are lots of conservative faiths, conservative beliefs that say that women should primarily be at home, have children, raise those children. That was the tradition. That was the belief about women that I grew up with, that the most important thing a woman could do was to be a mom, was to raise kids, and to stay at home with those kids was a really, really important focus. The goal was for women to not work outside of the home, to not have careers outside of the home. And What's really interesting is within my faith tradition, there's also a really, really high focus on education, that you should go to college, that you should have a bachelor's degree, both men and women. But when it comes to women, the idea of this degree is that it's like a just in case. So it's just in case something sad happens, like you get married and your husband dies, or you get divorced, or your husband can't provide for you, or if you don't get married, then it'd be really good that you had an education in case one of these things happened so that you could take care of yourself. And so growing up with this perspective, although I was really naturally ambitious, really had a lot of ideas, wanted to learn, was excited about things, I did not feel like I had the permission to consider having a career, to consider what I would want to do professionally with my life because it wouldn't be faithful to do that. 
And there's actually a really awesome term that describes what I experienced. It's called aspirational shame. And that was coined by an LDS researcher and therapist, Julie Hanks. And it describes the feeling that women feel when they want something beyond the prescribed gender role that they've been given, when they want to have a career, when they want to do things outside of the home, that shame they feel for their aspirations and for their dreams. And so because of this aspirational shame, because of this focus that I had on being a wife, being a mother, trying to stay at home, I wasn't allowing myself to imagine a career. And when I look back at my life, I can see that I was really interested in being a journalist from the time I was little. When I was in fourth grade, we went to this place called BizTown, and it's a super cute place in a children's museum set up like a little community. And what they do is you apply for jobs in your class, and then you spend a day running your town and everyone has their little job that they're doing. And my job was being a journalist, which I remember loving so much. And later on, when I went to high school, I wrote for the school paper. When I went to college, I called the local paper and asked them to give me a job. They gave me an unpaid internship, which was, I learned a lot and I tried out a lot of new things. And it was just, it's just really clear looking back that I loved being a journalist, but it wasn't until my early 20s that I like let myself imagine doing that for real. I attended Utah State University and I was getting a minor in journalism, but my degree was a um, technical writing degree because that seemed really practical, like something I could do from home, something that would allow me that if I needed to work, I could work with kids. However, I took this news writing class and I had this really awesome professor who really believed in me and who really encouraged my writing and really helped me see how magical it could be to be a journalist. And so I decided that I wanted to major in journalism. And from there, I started like letting myself consider having a career. I was taking internships. I was considering things more seriously. And I was getting really excited about my future and what this could mean for me. And so in 2019, I was getting ready. I was finishing up my degree. I was just a few weeks away from graduation and I was in my kitchen doing dishes, just thinking about my life. And the thought came to me that I was starting the backup plan of my life. I was not dating anyone. I was going to be graduating single. I was not going to be a parent anytime soon. I was instead going to be continuing working full-time. I had started a job about six months earlier, so I was going to keep working full-time in this job. I had plans to go to Vietnam for the summer for a storytelling trip. And I was just really feeling excited about the resources I had to take care of myself, that I was going to be working in news media. And it just really felt like a happy time. And I felt so sad thinking about this happy, exciting time being something that I'd always imagined as a backup plan, as something that I would be doing if I couldn't be doing the most important thing. Because I had imagined graduating from high school, I had imagined going to college and graduating, but there hadn't been a space for me growing up to really imagine what it would be like to be a single young professional. The people that I saw with those experiences that maybe had gotten married later, that phase of their life I feel like was really glossed over and I wasn't seeing very many single women and there wasn't really a space to talk about those women's lives, like what it was like, if they were happy, what they enjoyed, what made their time rich and special. And I just realized that that was such a loss because I was doing cool things. I had a really good life. It wasn't 
sad. It wasn't a backup plan. It wasn't a just in case. It was my life and it was really, really valuable. And so from there, I worked at the newspaper for about six more months. I took a job back at the university being the news director at a public radio station, which I had interned at a public radio station before. So I have some background in audio journalism. And I kept thinking I should start a podcast, but I didn't know what the topic would be until last April. I was just thinking, just imagining one day. And it occurred to me that what I really wanted was a podcast that talked about my experience as a single woman and that celebrated young adult women, specifically single women, but young adult women in general, and a podcast that looked at topics that would be helpful for those women. Topics that I feel like if people had been talking about more for me would have really helped encourage me and helped me feel more confident. You know, um, one of the things that really helped me embrace my life more fully was seeing other women from my faith tradition saying, like, I am single, I have this rich, fulfilling life. The first person I found who was doing that on Instagram was Rosemary Card. She's married now, but she got married in her early 30s, which is pretty late for our culture. But she had bought a house, she had a thriving business. She was doing so many cool things and she was saying, look, like I'm valuable, I'm important, I have things to say as a single woman. And it just really helped free me to feel like I could do that as well. And there are other really cool women doing that. But for me, Rosemary was one of the first people having those conversations and it just really helped me. And I wanted to be able to do that for other people. So the next question I'm going to answer in this get to know me is what is my star sign? I am a Taurus and I am going to be Googling this as we speak. So I've never really connected with my Taurus because it says things like they are soothing, stoic, chilled, and happy in their own skin, which I just absolutely do not feel like describes me. However, I was reading some other stuff last night that was saying they're like reliable and dependable and um, that one of their weaknesses is being stubborn. And as an oldest daughter, I for sure fall into those categories. So I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit more connected with that than I'm willing to admit. So someone asked, else asked where my drive comes from and that I have such a passion for women and political issues. And I was thinking about that, like, where does that come from? Because that's always something I remembered being really important to me, the stories and the experiences of women. When I was six, I remember going to the library with my mom and getting the first Samantha American Girl book. And Samantha is a young girl coming of age in the early 1900s, the turn of the 19th century. And she has an aunt who is a suffragist. In one of the books, her aunt speaks at a rally and her grandma hears this speech and it completely changes her mind, her grandma's mind on whether or not women should vote and what opportunities should be available for women. And I am thinking about it and that must have been my first experience to the idea of what the women's suffrage movement was and the idea that women hadn't always voted and that women's voting rights were actually very, very recent. When I was a little bit older, I read a book called Hope Chess about a little girl who ended up in Tennessee when Tennessee was going to ratify the 19th Amendment and became the last state necessary to do that for women to gain their voting rights. And it really hit me reading that book that the 19th Amendment at that point wasn't even 100 years old. 
And I think those things really solidified in my mind an idea that the world that I knew was not the world that had been, and that if people did not work hard for a better world, that there would not be a better world, and that in fact some of the opportunities people had could be lost. And when I was a little girl, I didn't understand how limited the 19th Amendment was. I didn't understand the people that it left out. But as I've gotten older, I've just seen more and more how important it is to speak up for the marginalized, how important it is to be aware of the ways that we can make a difference. When I was taking my journalism class, I covered the city council. I had to pick a topic to cover and that one was worth extra credit. I wasn't particularly passionate about city council meetings, but covering that made me realize how exciting and how important local government was. It led me to intern at the state legislature, which really opened my eyes to how policy is made and to some of the awesome things that can happen and to the reasons why it's important that we're electing good people because of some of the other things that can happen. And I think the fact that I just read so much historical fiction as a child and saw what my life could have been like versus what my life was like now really inspired me to want to be someone that was pressing for things to get better. And as I've gotten older and listened to other people, I see like what I have that others do not. And I want that to be to be better. I want us to create a world where we're treated equitably and where people have what they need. And public policy is a really important way to doing that because so many of the issues we have are systemic. There are systems in place that cause the issue. It's not that our systems are broken. They're doing their job and their job was to create an issue. And so through better laws, better policies, we can alleviate some of those burdens and create a better world. And really, that goes into the next question that I wanted to answer, which is what inspires my creativity. And I just think it's the idea that the world does not have to be what it is. The reason I wanted to create this podcast was the idea that if we had conversations that empowered young adult women, that young adult women could be more than we had allowed them to be before. Because Utah does not do a good job imagining what women can be. And so I wanted to change that and I wanted to be a part of having the conversations that could help that. It's the reason I care about women's issues. It's the reason I care about activism because I don't want the world to be what it was. And then I just think that expands to my painting, my drawing, the things I want to try out, is to create beautiful things that tell a different story about the world, that bring light to something different about the world, and that really imagine a better future that is more beautiful, more compassionate, more caring, more fair, more just. Switching gears a little bit, someone else asked what my dream vacation is, and I have been lucky enough to get to visit a lot of cool places, to get to see a lot of cool things. One of the trips that I've been imagining for a while that I hope will happen soonish is I want to take a plane, I want to fly to Boston, Massachusetts, then I want to drive to Concord, and I want to go visit Orchard House, which is where Louisa May Alcott, the author of Little Women, grew up and is where Little Women is set. That's the home that the sisters live at in the book. I love Little Women. It's my favorite story of all time. I really love the book and I just love retellings. There's a beautiful Broadway musical. I grew up watching the 1990 Little Women with Wilona Ryder. Greta Gerwig's 2019 Little Women has my heart. I think that overall it's so brilliant how it was put together. And this really goes back to the fact that like Women in historical fiction and women that were real and women that were fictionalized were just so important to me growing up and imagining what the world could be. 
I relate so deeply with Joe March, which is not an original take at all. Everyone says they're Joe. <laughs> but just this bold heroine who wanted to be a writer, who wanted to make money to help her family to imagine a different world, who wanted to be loved, but also wanted to be free was something that really resonated with me. It really resonated with me to see Louisa May Alcott, who remained unmarried because of the freedom and the independence that that afforded her. And I just loved her. I loved the Joe that she created. And it's been such an important part in my life, important growing up and even more important as I have taken a path that was different than the path that was presented to me growing up. So I really want to see Orchard House. It has artifacts from the sisters there. And May Alcott, who was Louisa's younger sister, um, painted and drew all over the house. And she's a really cool woman as well. So I want to see her artwork in the house and just be where those sisters were. I, I don't know. I will weep. I will weep because it will be such a happy thing. And then I want to drive up to Prince Edward Island and I want to visit and I want to visit Green Gables because I also loved Anne of Green Gables. I loved watching those movies with my mom. I just think that an East Coast literary trip in New England in Canada would be magical beyond belief. The last question that I'm going to answer is, if I could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? And I've thought about this question, and I think sometimes it can be super fun to answer this question, like somewhere wild where like it would never happen. But I'm going to answer this question from like practically the place that I think would be the funnest to move if I could line up a job and um, handle living that far away from my family and find somewhere to live. And for me, that would be Washington, D.C. A few years ago, a friend recommended I watch The West Wing. I watched Madam Secretary and I really loved that. She was like, you need to watch The West Wing next totally fell in love with it. And I just kept thinking like, I want to go to DC. And I did an intern in DC, although I studied political science um, as my minor. Lots of my friends did, but I took different opportunities. I wanted to visit them while they were on their internships, but that just never worked out. And so I like loved the idea of Washington, D.C. I felt like I would really love going there, but I never had been. So last year in November, I took myself there for a long weekend and I had just the most amazing time. I got there like at 4 p.m. I was standing on the train platform. It was golden hour. I looked out and like the monument, the Washington monument was like bathed in the pinky orange light. And I just thought, this is perfect. I belong here. And that's what I felt like with every step I took. I loved the history. I loved the energy. I loved the people. It just felt like there were so many interesting and important things happening, things that I was interested in, things that I cared about, things that made me excited. And I had the funnest time. And so I think that not right now, but I think that someday I hope that I can make that work. I don't know that I'd want to live there forever. I really do like being in the West and being closer to my family. I like being in the place that I grew up. However, I think I'd have a blast in DC and I have my fingers crossed that at some point that will happen. It has been so good to chat with you. I really hope you've enjoyed this solo episode. I have some really fun episodes coming up. We're going to talk about home buying soon, which is something I have done twice now. 
And it's kind of big and kind of overwhelming. And I wish we talked about it more because I think that that can really empower young adult women to decide if that's a good fit for them. Don't forget that the Women and the Money Conference is coming up next week and you can use the code MADELINE22 to get free registration. You can go on Thursday night, you can go on Friday, you can register virtually. If you register virtually, you'll have access to the courses later. And I'm just really hoping that's going to help me learn some good things as I'm trying to continue to take care of myself and make smart choices. I would love to keep talking to you. You can find me on Twitter at Madeline K. You can find this podcast on Instagram at Not A Backup Plan. You can email me, madelineK at gmail.com. Please rate and review on Spotify. What that does is it allows the podcast to be recommended to other people. And so do that on Spotify, do that on Apple Podcasts. I talked to someone really cool who discovered the podcast through the reviews on Spotify. So if you do that on Apple, if you do that on Spotify, it helps grow the audience. It helps more people get to be a part of these important conversations, which is really, really what I hope for. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for taking the time. And remember, this is your life. It's not a plan B.